Welcome to Sunny in Seattle with your host, Sunny Joy. And coming up on today's show, well, you know what day it is. That's right. It's the first Friday of the month on Sunny in Seattle. And that means Dr. Alessandra Duke is stopping by the studio today. And the two of the ladies will be chatting about going from bare minimum days to blessed magic. More on that right now on Sunny in Seattle. And now I welcome your hosts for the day, Sunny Joy McMillan and Dr. Alessandra Duke. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Sunny in Seattle. It is the first Friday of the month here in September of 2020. And that means you are joined by me, Sunny Joy McMillan, and my first Friday co-host. Dr. Alessandra Duke, hello. Yeah, so Sunny in Seattle is generally here every Friday on Alternative Talk 1150 AM KKNW in Seattle and 103.3 KPCA in Petaluma, bringing you amazing guests and resources that will help you create a life filled with joy, peace, freedom, and purpose. It is radio that positively shines. And if you can't catch the show live, you can always access those show archives. Those are found at 1150kknw.com. And you can also find the show on iTunes and Podcast One. And just for contact info, my website to find out more and contact me is goldenoversoul.com. That is goldenoversoul.com. And Alessandra, how can people find out more about you? Yeah, they can just go to alessandraduke.com. I'm the only Alessandra Duke out in the Google, so you can find me there. (laughs) Is that right? Yeah. How many people can say that? I know. <laughs> I deserve some applause. <laughs> There's only one Thank and you. only, right? I mean, right. yes, that's right. Shouldn't be any that's more right. than one. Yes. Well, so I don't really have, I mean, we're in the middle of book club right now. So, I mean, it's not too late to join. I'll just throw it out there. If you want to explore Mary Magdalene Revealed with us, we've got a wonderful group of women who are going through this book together. And we meet on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. We've got a couple more weeks, and we're really just diving into the content at this point. So not too late to join at goldenoversoul.com under the events page, and you will find the Soul Digger Book Club under there. Um, Alessandra, anything you want to mention Excuse me, mention on your end? Um, no, I think just people going and checking out my website and what I have to offer. I just closed up the enrollment for, um, the group coaching program. I run the brink, um, that'll be, that will reopen again at the beginning of the new year. Um, but in the meantime, if people were interested in checking out what one-to-one work might be like with me, they can, they can check me out there. Very good. Well, so we have to, okay, well, let's check in with Benny so that he can go do other things if he needs to. Uh, and so <laughs> Benny, what is going on with you these days? Uh, well, first of all, if you haven't done so already, check out Dr. Alessandra Duke's page. It's redone and it looks amazing. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Super Thanks, cool. The style of it is totally right up your alley. Right. Yeah, it totally Thank is. You. It really is. Does, right, Sonny? You think it we, looks I mean, like me? Yeah, mm-hmm. Totally right. Oh, oh it's, yeah. It's you and then some. Yeah, it's so funny because <laughs> from knowing Alessandra for several years, there, even though I knew her well, there was this side of herself that wasn't always, I think, I don't know, maybe it's because of the, being that you're your first career was as a psychologist, not a coach. And I think there maybe there are some more stringent rules and you need to be a little more buttoned up and yes. how you present yourself, et cetera. And then you have to <laughs> apparently talk in a weird low voice like I was just yes. Yes. That was perfect. That was perfect. Well done. <laughs> Channel it. 
now that you are fully stepping into, you've got one foot in psychology and one foot in coaching, it's more of your personality has come out. And so this new site has so much pink in it. And I never knew you were that much of a pink girl. Oh my gosh. I'm, I love pink. It's my favorite color. And I think that, yeah, if you, at my home office, everything, it's, it's just pink everywhere. And so it was like, I think a lot of people didn't know these things about me, you know? (laughs) Right. (laughs) So it's super fun to have it all out there. And I, you know, even when they made it, I was like, oh, I don't know. Maybe that's that site. That website looks a little happier than I am. But I realized like they, (laughs) they were able, (laughs) they were able to see like, you know, like to really see me and really put my personality on, onto the online pages. So it was so fun. That's awesome. I mean, that's, that's a testament to some good marketing that they knew how yeah. to bring you onto the page that you wouldn't even know how to do. So, yes. Yeah. Yes. Those are like the little, little like signature moves that, you know, you look around all of your page. It's like, you know, near the bottom, it's like, it's just, Hey, that's totally yeah. you. And yeah. The, yeah. I mean, I don't know if we mentioned it before, but it's like the script that's used yeah. like is, is how you would say it, how I see yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, and that's, it's so funny because it's like, yeah, I wrote all of that, picked uh-huh. out all of that font. So it's just like, it's really fun. I'm so glad that you're appreciating it. Well, it just, awesome. it, it, I love it. Fits your personality. So it's, it's just, yeah. really nice so other than that, well, and, <laughs> well, I was just going to say, what was, oh, yeah. what's been really neat about that? Just to like, just to say something more about it is, um, is the, uh, the client, the new clients that have come f- as a result of seeing that site are an even better match for me. So, it's like pulling more of myself out and putting more of myself out there has has brought more clients that are just an even nicer fit you know so I just think it's fun yeah that's yeah and that is again a testament to good marketing yeah Um, yeah Yeah. yep well and I love that expert deflection by Benny to immediately (laughs) start (laughs) keeping praise on Alessandra Benny you're not getting out of this too easy you have to give us an update man I was so close (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, no, everything else is going very, very well on the home front here. Uh, school started with the boys this week. They are virtually checking in to their fourth grade classes, which is really cool. Um, a side little note, our teachers from our kindergarten, actually, after they finished kindergarten, they moved up to fourth grade. We actually have the same teachers from what? fourth grade. Yeah, oh. from kindergarten. So the same uh, two uh, teachers kind of do like a, a teacher share, job share type thing in this. Like they... Uh, I don't know what is it like uh, the proper word, but they share the the like they trade off with the school with the classes. So one does social studies and math, and the other one will do. But they group them together as one class for both classes. On hmm. so, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, and then you're like about- shocked. Uh, you don't really know what to say. Like <laughs> shocked into silence. Yeah, right. No, I was, was actually at that moment I was looking outside because the little girls next door, who Aww. sometimes I think during that now that we've been still broadcasting or I've still been broadcasting from home because KPCA studios aren't open again um, here in Petaluma. Um, but anyway, the little girls next door have gone back to school and mm-hmm. I, they were outside doing one of their, I guess it was like a PE class and you oh, could yeah. hear them like doing their jumping jacks See? or whatever. Oh, <laughs> and oh, so right as you're sweet. talking about your boys, I look outside yeah. and the little girls are like right they have, there. They apparently don't have a late start today because we have late starts on Friday. So ours are oh, going to be nice. there in about another hour, but maybe uh, <laughs> if the show wasn't on, you should be out there and joining them with some calisthenics and stuff. I might. I might do that. <laughs> they wouldn't think that weird at all. No, <laughs> not at all. Oh, okay. Well, hey, Alessandra, any burning questions for Benny? Oh, I love this. 
<laughs> well, I mean, how's the love life going? Great. I did want to ask, yeah. but I thought since Benny didn't offer Yeah, whatever, it, Sunny. That was a good well, move on you your part. Well, you know I love to pry. You yeah. Pry. Sunny's <laughs> more shy in ask, asking those questions rather than, you know, yeah. you, Allison, yeah, just coming Sunny, out with Sunny's, it. Yeah, she's a little bit more polite. Oh, I don't want to ask. Oh, my gosh. So okay, so let's get to the Oh, there it let's is. Yeah. That's, that's right. There it is. <laughs> No, everything's doing great, uh, going well and uh, doing awesome. Uh, we have just been kind of, you know, hanging out. Uh, we did a dinner last night, just kind of cooked some dinner at home, and uh, we're trying to figure out what we're going to do for the Labor Day weekend. Um, I have the boys, and she's got her kids, so we're going to try to figure somewhere to go and kind of just, well, there's a couple of areas in Washington, um, like some, uh, I don't really know where it is. It's down south, but like Green River area. There's a nice little falls uh -huh. area. I will have to look that up, and I will send it to you, but... Um, there's a couple little hot spots you know you can just walk around. It's gonna be warm this weekend, or it already is. So, uh, yeah, get out and enjoy it. Nice. So oh, sorry to be so face. vague, but we really are just kind of like up in the air on like we really didn't have much plan, you know, which is okay. Fine. But this is a step up from the vague that you used to be, which was like <laughs> uh -oh. mm, nothing really to say, right? <laughs> because I haven't had anything to say. <laughs> wow. Just to say. This is actually an update. I like it. I do too. Yes. And I feel like Benny, because Benny sometimes is a little bit more, um, uh, let's see. Uh, reserved. What's the right word? I, yeah, reserved. Right? Thank you. That has the perfect, the perfect uh, energy that I was looking for. A little more reserved about his private life on air yes. than perhaps uh, well, Alessandra and I are. And so we have to respect that boundary. Well, thank you. But it's also not my show either. So I don't want to like, you know. <laughs> Like, hey, it's the Benny Hour now, all of a sudden. Like, yeah, this well, I mean, side of request... Sonny and Dr. Alessandra. <laughs> yeah, but the, the, the listeners have demanded it in the past. They, they demanded want to know it. Benny, like so... <laughs> they yes, were... you got to keep the listeners happy. Yeah, yes. they, they wrote in. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, Benny, you've answered, I guess, enough questions for today <laughs> that will let you off the hook. Yes, I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, it's, it's my pleasure to help out. That's all. I like, I like being here. Thanks for humoring us, Benny. Oh, sure. Yeah. Well, okay. So, Alessandra, last month, so I guess for just for our um, agenda for today, we've got a couple of things that Alessandra and I, and we even pushed it to a new level. We did not even check in yesterday about what we were mm -hmm. going to do on the show. Now, there's kind of good reason for that, which will feed into what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. But when we last left off on first Friday of August, you had been on this adventure and a really interesting time to be on such an adventure and mm -hmm. an adventure not necessarily um, dictated by choice as much by circumstance. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so magical things started unfolding when you bravely decided to kind of step into the unknown instead mm -hmm. of um, like the, well, I'm trying to like summarize it, but it's sounding very vague. <laughs> anyway, yeah. we last left off. I like been, it. Yeah, <laughs> you were last in Pasadena. Yeah. And now you are coming to us from. Right now I'm in Lake Tahoe. <laughs> yeah. So I'm up in Northern California now. <laughs> Literally parked in front of a forest because. Yes. <laughs> yeah. There's a two hour parking limit there. So you'd be careful. Okay. Yeah, I know. I know. I can't be here longer than two hours, but I am in a forest. Yeah, the park ranger is going to get you. <laughs> Totally. Yeah. I mean, I just have to say from having been in close touch with you as you've been going uh -huh. through this, I would get a text from you 
since for the last month, I would get a text, you know, every several days with, you know, all caps, so many emojis, like, you will not believe what just happened <laughs> now. You will yes. not believe what just happened now. And then yeah. this whole how you ended up in Tahoe and where you're staying. And I just I want to continue sharing some of that because those are the stories that give me the courage to take the risks and trust that the universe is going to put the net out sometimes only after you take the leap and not before yes. and you've been living that so what mm -hmm. do you want to share about the past month to encourage other people and it hasn't all been sunshine and roses either the circumstances no. that put you on the road i don't know if you want to talk about that at all i mean yeah. so anyway i'm i will turn it over to you <laughs> i love it i mean thank you thank you for that summary i love i love hearing it from you because you have been along the journey throughout you know through this whole time mm -hmm. um and you know um it all started because my uh, my partner and i decided to separate and so we were going through this separation time and and the name of the game was, you know, just needing space. And so, you know, um, just as a quick synopsis, you know, the only the only thing I knew was, okay, I just I need to I need to get out. So I'm I'm gonna go see um, I'm gonna go see Sunny in California for a week. That was the only plan that mm -hmm. I had was just I need some space, and so and we need some space. And I knew I wanted to give it, you know, a couple of months or so. And you know, um, my own coach had said, well, you know, what if you just stay in California? You've been wanting to live there. And I was like, okay, but how would I make that work? Oh, ah, I don't know. I, you know, I don't have just thousands of dollars sitting around to just, you know, pay for all these short-term places to stay. And as I got clearer with what it was that I was seeking, it, it like these opportunities just kept opening and opening and opening. So that one week plan, I'm now in my ninth week in being in California. Hmm. Nine. And it's probably cost you, I mean, all total, because you've been, like you said, you had the, the amount that you had in your head, but in yeah. many cases where you have ended up staying has been for free yes. because of just ridiculous, crazy offers from people. Yes. Some of them we don't even know that well. Yes. Ridiculously generous offers from people I've met along the way. And that when, you know, in at the beginning of August, when we last talked, so I was, you know, I was in Pasadena and I, or when we last talked on the show, I'm telling you things all the time, but, you know, <laughs> I was in Pasadena and right around that time, it was like, okay, I'm in Southern California. This is cool. I like it. Um, I had then, you know, befriended the, the person who had brought, you know, who I had initially rented, you know, a week of an Airbnb then I got to stay there at her place for free for several weeks. And, um, and then, and then that deal kind of kept going on and being more generous. Another friend had offered her place in Southern California. And so I thought, Oh my gosh, you know, I started feeling like, well, Oh, well, certainly the struggle will come, right? Like what <laughs> do I need to plan next? This is all happening so easy. And I had this clear in, you know, just intuitive sense of get clear on what you're wanting next. Mm. So as I was, um, I was even looking back through my journals a month ago and a month ago, I was saying, I want to be in a forest near a lake. I want to do things outside by a lake and how do I, how do I make that happen? And I kept thinking like, I want some friendship. I want a lake. I want forest. Right. And I had all of these, um, tabs on my computer pulled up for Lake Tahoe because, um, 
Lake Tahoe had been a very healing place for me, you know, maybe two decades ago when I lived um, in Reno, which is a, is a close drive. And so I, I thought, oh my gosh, how amazing during this time, because then in, you know, in August, as August progressed, my partner and I then decided to officially no longer be partners. And so I thought, how amazing would it be to have some healing time in Tahoe, which is, has been my number one healing place, you know, is there is a place in Tahoe that is the spot when I'm meditating or anybody asks like, what's the most healing place that you can think of or call to mind a place that makes you feel expensive, <laughs> you know, and that space exists here. I just, I just visited it in person, you know, two days ago. And mm -hmm. so, um, that's always the space in my mind. So I had all of these tabs on my computer pulled up and I, I hadn't told anybody about this, but I thought, you know, I've gotten, I've had, the universe has been so generous with me. I could just get myself an Airbnb, you know, but mm -hmm. I'm, I'm looking at all these places and I'm like, oh gosh, oh gosh, it's going to add up. Oh, what am I going to do? You know, but I just kept with that vision, like, oh, wouldn't it be amazing? Wouldn't it be amazing? Mm -hmm. Right. And then out of nowhere, I hadn't told any friends this, my, my, my friend said, you know, that shared friend of ours has a house in Lake Tahoe. I wonder if you could ask her about it. I just looked at my phone and I was like, what? <laughs> what? This person didn't even know I was looking for Lake Tahoe. And I was in the Los Angeles area. So like, there's no reason. And she doesn't live in California, this particular friend. Mm -hmm. So she, when she made this recommendation, I just was like, wait, what? And I'm looking at my phone. I'm looking at the tabs on my computer screen, looking at my phone. And I just thought, well, okay. Cause you know, the universe works in all of these amazing, incredible ways. And, and through all of these different people, you never now know how that next little nudge is going to show up. Right. So sure enough, I contacted this, you know, friend and colleague of mine who, um, who Sunny and I have talked about. Um, and so, and she's this great, amazing, um, teacher and author. And so, um, although she is my friend, I have just this tremendous respect for her. And I'm a little bit like, Oh, like I just have her kind of on this pedestal a little, but I reached out to her and I said, you know, I, I, I'm remembering now a conversation. Somebody jogged my memory that you, you have a place in Tahoe. And I was just wondering, you know, I'm on this journey. I'm, I'm working on healing. Would this space, you know, maybe be available? And she wrote back. I was so nervous about her response. And she wrote back and she said, oh, Alessandra, I'm so happy you asked. Like, it's yours. Stay there as long as you want. And, and I was... <laughs> yeah, I just, and I have to say, like when Alessandra is saying this person whose home she is staying in right now, yeah. this is someone I would love to interview on the show, like on my guest wish list. Um, and I, now I'm like, I'm so glad you're this close to her because now maybe this will be. Yeah. But it's yeah. just like, this is not, <laughs> it's not just any home in Tahoe. This is like, no. It's just bananas. <laughs> it's a pretty important home. And so I said to her, um, well, gosh, like what I need to, I, what can I pay you? And then she said, oh, it's free for you. Oh, you just stay God. there as long as you need. And she said, you just heal. And so I just 
I just felt like, again, and this is when I just, I'm texting Sunny with these all caps, like, you know, because here I had been just thinking about Tahoe, wouldn't it be nice? Wouldn't it be nice? Wouldn't it be nice? Right. And, and what I've done and what I've told clients to do is like just delighting in that vision, right? It wasn't like going to be a bad thing if Tahoe didn't work out for me, but I just enjoyed even thinking about it so much. And I just kept thinking and thinking, wouldn't it be nice? And so here I am on the radio show today, broadcasting from Lake Tahoe. Um, yeah. and you know, have already gotten to connect with an old friend while I've been here. And, um, and yes, there has been lots of also human stuff. It has not been all butterflies and rainbows. So the, in that, in that story, that's the, that's the golden sparkly version. Um, well, but it's been amazing. Yeah. Well, I think the golden sparkly version is also the human version that says that even when you know you are being guided, I mean, the, the breadcrumbs just kept appearing and they, these were like choiceless breadcrumbs where you just knew right. this is, yeah, you gotta, you gotta jump on this. But at the same time, even amidst all that daily magic, you also mm -hmm. have some very human circumstances. And that was one of the other topics that we wanted to talk about, I think today, yeah. um, was the contrast. And I'm actually, that's what I'm going to be writing about this week for my newsletter is around, um, I, we, you and I both, it's funny, have experienced in the last few days, um, three or four, like what I call bare minimum days. Um, yes. and so we'll talk more about that. How do you handle those and, and normalizing the experience? But one thing I wanted to ask you about if you're comfortable talking about it and I'm, uh, yeah. if not, you just got to say so, but I, <laughs> in, in some of our conversations over the past month, you and I have talked about this and I, I really think you've got to turn this into at a bare minimum, an article, but it could be a book in and of itself is how you came to the decision around um, very, very consciously uh, uncoupling uh, from yeah. your partner. And these were really tangible tips. And I I don't know if you are comfortable sharing again, yeah. but if you are, I really think that could be helpful because one of the biggest questions I get in my practice, and I help women in this very critical time where you're deciding mm -hmm. whether to stay or go. And there's no checklist or quiz you can fill out that says, yes, you should leave or no, you shouldn't. Right. But what you did seemed to work well for you. And I am thinking it could be very helpful for someone else out there who's considering this. And I have to say, like watching you two who both identify as women and both mm -hmm. who are mental health practitioners, like, you cannot get more loving and conscious than you all were. So I think it's a model that other people should consider. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I love, um, I would love to share that. I, I think what I decided to do, you know, because even though we are both in the field of mental health, it's like we were grappling and struggling with this decision for so long. Um, mm -hmm. You know, there were parts of our relationship that were really, really beautiful, right? Mm -hmm. And that we both really loved. And then other parts where we felt like we were just um, showing up as smaller versions of ourselves and mm -hmm. not really living as, as fully or as 
sort of expansively as we could. And, um, and, you know, we had in, in the couple, you know, thrown everything at it, coaching, counseling, books, discussions, processing, you know, all of this stuff for years. And so, you know, in that time where we just gave ourselves that space, what I decided to do, because, you know, my, my critical mind, you know, started going. And so I decided, you know, I had worked in, in, um, higher levels of care treatment settings for a long time. And so I got really good at kind of um, tracking someone's progress on a daily or weekly basis. And I thought, I'm very interested in my own, in tracking my own progress so that I'm not making decisions from, whoop, I'm feeling good today. Let's, we can make this work, which is what Mm -hmm. I had been doing for years. But instead to really track and be an observer of myself in this time and space that we had. So what I did every day was, you know, I was, um, I was cultivating, um, some more, I was working on the relationship with myself because I didn't want to make a decision from a place of like self-loathing or fear. And so every day I was taking time to work a little bit on my mindset. And so writing down, you know, things that I like about myself, you know, three to five things every day, three to five things I'm grateful for every day. And that was my everyday journaling practice. And then I was also tracking in the, in AM, and PM, whether I was, and I had little symbols for this, whether I wanted to fully be in the relationship was, uh, should I say the symbols too? Is that getting too detailed? I think, I mean, my gosh, people probably, I'm like, I'm envisioning it as you're talking. So I, I I can't remember what your symbols were, but I like the visual of it. Yeah. Um, because I'm a symbol person. So even as I take notes about new clients, I'm always kind of writing in symbols. So, you know, if I was feeling like, okay, I'm all in with the relationship, it would be a heart. If I felt like, nah, I don't know, kind of half, I would do maybe a half heart mm-hmm. or a neutral would be kind of like a, just a, a strike line, just like a kind of a half of an X, mm-hmm. or I don't want to be in it like an X line. And so I tracked that in AM and PM, um, every day for, um, I mean, I ended up tracking for about 60 days, but I was really interested in that first data set of 30 days. Yeah. And so at the end of 30 days, then I had a full set where I could see, you know, just in, as an observer, right. It's, it was neither good nor bad if I wanted to be in it, out of it, anything. And, and actually, you know, because it's like, we're journaling many of many listeners are probably journal journalers themselves. And so Mm -hmm. you don't really remember on a day-to-day basis and from morning to afternoon, what you felt on the third day of whatever, (laughs) right. (laughs) But going back and looking at all of that and seeing, whoa, Okay, when I add this up, I had 19 days, 19 full days, a.m. and p.m. of not wanting to be in the relationship, right? Like, yeah, and maybe like five days where I wanted to or five half days that I wanted to be in it, two full days where I was fully in it. And I thought so interesting because I think so many people make the decision from those smaller amounts of days, right? They might make a decision from the the two days that they felt good, right? About something in their life or the few days that they felt negative, but to really have that whole data set of like, okay, let me sit with this. I've had this many days. 
of not wanting to be in where my, you know, my spirit was just not wanting to be there or felt a, a greater call in a different direction. Yeah. And so, it, yeah. Did it, mm-hmm. Just real quickly, did yeah. it, so when you looked back and you realized there were 19 days, let's say in that first month mm-hmm. that were out or not mm-hmm. wanting to be in the relationship, yeah. did that surprise you? Was it more than you thought? It was way more than I thought. Okay, that's what I yeah. thought. That's what I remembered. I think. Yeah, because I and honestly, when I was counting it up, I thought I think I'm about half and half. I think I'm about half and half, and you know, this might be, you know, I might not have gained any other insight from this particular, you know, <laughs> data set. Right. Um, but uh, but yeah, really seeing that um, and it helped. I had to then like have that sense of compassion for myself. Like, Oh, you know, I kind of, you know, I'll do this thing. I put my hand on my chest, like, Oh, Oh, love. Yeah. Oh, all right. Okay. Like we are okay. And this is so good to know, you know, and I'll say like the times where I thought, you know, I'm, I'm not wanting to be in the relationship had nothing to do with my partner, her not being good enough, her not being anything enough. She's totally delightful. You know that I had everything to do with me. So that's the thing too, is I was basing it on, you know, what is, what's my desire? Not like, is this person good enough? Right. Because I, I don't think that that's a, um, a healthy way to be making decisions about our lives, but, um, but yeah, just from a place of what am I really wanting? What am I really desiring? And then to mm-hmm. just be met with the facts of that, you know, and make a decision that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and again, even just collecting data, I, I am a, if you've ever taken Kathy Colby's uh, cognitive action style test, um, which basically just, uh, it's, it's a wonderful way to figure out how you take action. We often study in great, um, there's so much research on, um, cognition and emotion, but the conative, the action styles was kind of a new thing when Colby came out with this test. And I am a fact finder, and which means I like to collect a lot of information before I take action instead mm-hmm. of just like, let's say you're going to learn to ride a horse. A fact finder would go read every book, watch every video they could find about how to get on the horse and how to ride the horse. A, a quick start, just to contrast it, one of the other action styles, there's four of them. A quick start would just run out into the field, throw their arms around the horse and get a ladder and try to get on there. Um, But so anyway, I like what for those fact finders out there, I think this is good. And and Mm -hmm. also to say that just because you collect the data does not mean you have to act on it. I'm I'm a huge advocate for informed consent in everything, whether that's Mm -hmm. pharmaceuticals or your relationships or anything in between. Mm -hmm. And you have the, the, the information that if should you decide to stay, you are doing it with open eyes, knowing that that is kind of how things were shaking out. Or on the flip side, even if you're like, ah, this is showing me something that's a little uncomfortable, but I don't have to do anything with it just yet. But I yeah. like being informed. I like having open eyes around what the truth is, whether or not you decide mm-hmm. to do anything. Because sometimes people just avoid even acknowledging, I find this with my clients sometimes, the truth is so scary, they don't even want to look at it, which means you can't really get very far when you are hiding behind confusion. Mm-hmm. It, it, as Brooke Castillo says, it blocks you from your own inner wisdom. And mm-hmm. so just acknowledging what the truth is or what the data is, 
sometimes there's a relief in that and you don't have to take it any further than that, but just get in touch with your truth, at least admit it to yourself, put it on paper and, and you can change it too. You can change your mind when new information presents itself, but putting it out there, I think is important. And you had that Mm -hmm. information that was a whole, I just think it, for making that decision, it added, uh, it added some, um, uh, what's the word? It was more just a, like you said, a data set to work with. Yeah. Around. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think for my own training as, you know, being, uh, at, like my training as a researcher, which I was never a great researcher, but I was <laughs> trained in it. You know, I did learn how to run statistics. I did learn how to do studies. And so for that little part, you know, that part in my brain that does enjoy having that, those kinds of facts, because I am a really emotions based person, but it's also really nice to be grounded in some numbers sometimes and be able to see that. And I think you're absolutely right that it doesn't mean that you would have to make Make the same decision that I did, but being able to have all of the facts before you and be open and honest with yourself and just an observer, a yeah. kind and compassionate observer of your own truths and your own feelings is so freeing because yeah. even if I wanted to, you know, if my partner and I both chose to continue in the relationship, you know, I would just do that from a more informed place and not from a like, Ooh, like telling myself I'm crazy. I'm high. I'm low. I'm up. I'm down. I'm this. I'm that, you know, it's just like, no, this is, these are the facts. This is what I'm dealing with. Right. And so where do I want to go from here? And I think looking at that is it's so freeing. The truth is so freeing. Yeah. And I'm, and here I am, I'm looking at the clock and we're already five minutes past the bottom of the hour. I mean, and I'm quite frankly, so sick of my ad right now. (laughs) I'm like, should we just, Vinny, is it okay if we just keep talking? I I know you've made like sent me notes about getting a new ad and I haven't done it. My apologies. As long as I'm held credible for what I do. Yes. Oh, you always, Vinny's on it. I'm the one. It's like, yeah, no, feel free. I'm doing my job. You don't want to do your job. Don't do your job. Yeah. yeah, No, we're we're great. Keep it going. The the conversation is awesome. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, then we'll just keep pushing through because I'm not even pushing through, easing through because I'm tired of hearing the ad anyway. Yeah. Um, okay. So um, the, the other thing I was going to point out, and this kind of feeds into uh, what th- the whole bare minimum thing that I mentioned. Yeah. Because um, I have never been, um, I don't feel like I have ever, well, I haven't been diagnosed with it. I don't feel like I've ever been clinically depressed. So when I mm-hmm. use this term, it's not, I, I don't have a ton of personal experience, but I have heard people talk about when they are in the lows of a clinical depression, um, there, I have heard certain therapists have said, you know, you don't have to listen to the depression. That's the depression talking. That is mm-hmm. not you. And making that distinction. And so I have extrapolated that or and applied it in some ways in my life. I found it helpful. And so one of the other things I want to note about your system, which is uh-huh. similar to what I'm going to talk about with bare minimum, um, is that on certain of those days that you thought you wanted to be in the relationship or out of the relationship, also being able to see, like tracking it, not only what you're feeling, but factoring in other things that are going on in your life or lifestyle stuff. Oh yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, because here's the thing. If, if uh, you know, it, uh, I've talked a lot about with my relationship with alcohol, I know that if I drink, particularly if I overindulge and have too much wine or whatever it is, too many beers, the next day, I know my neurochemistry is off. I know that not only is my physical body not feeling great, but I am foggy. I am not tapped in. I don't feel super aligned with like that, that clear inspired channel that comes through when I'm firing on all cylinders. And so I know like on those days, for example, I don't listen to a hangover. I, I know that's not me. Or let's say I have not been sleeping well. You and I both are not the best. Like sleeping right. is not one of our best talents. <laughs> no. Uh-uh. And if you haven't had a lot of sleep, you are not dealing with your, your, your dealing with your sleep deprived self. I don't listen to my sleep deprived self. I don't listen to the, there are certain parts of me that I know are not my most essential, highest self, soul level you know, being part of my being. Mm -hmm. And so in that sense, when I get certain information on those days that tells me to, you know, run and hide and be afraid, I know that's not me talking. That's whatever Mm -hmm. circumstances are. So did that factor into, did you notice that you could, as you were charting this AM and PM, you could also see correlations between certain things going on in your life at that moment, lifestyle choices, whatever. I love that reminder because I remember telling you that I would make a little note, um, especially if I was really wanting to be in the relationship because I wanted to make sure that I wouldn't decide to stay in the relationship out of fear either, right? Like I wouldn't be doing anything out of fear because I felt like she deserved more than that. (laughs) Not just somebody staying with her because they're afraid, right? And so, um, so yeah, I would make little notes like, okay, um, wanting to be in also noticing, you know, um, that I, I'm trying something new. Like, um, I, I still get a little anxious when I lead my group coaching program, say on Wednesdays, because mm-hmm. I'm trying to manage a lot of people and I'm trying to make sure that tech goes well and all of that. And so I get really anxious. And so I noticed in my data set that the times where I really wanted to be in the relationship were those Wednesdays. There was that correlation because I know I feel more vulnerable those days, or I would make a note that, um, you know, uh, maybe I was, I was longing to be in the relationship because, uh, but I'd have a little note at the bottom. Like I've, I've just, um, am staying at a new place. And so getting adjusted to new circumstances. So I would have those kinds of pieces where I could see that things that were going on in my life were impacting that decision. And those times you better believe when I was in a new place or, um, and adjusting and feeling scared or whatever, I 100% wanted to say, you know, this whole adventure is over. I'm going home. I'm done. I feel really clear about that. (laughs) And in the past, that's how I would make my decisions because I would believe that that's my intuition talking, right? That I believe, okay, you know, I'm just, I, I really feel like I'm being told that I Uh need to just return home, right? And so when I could just treat it like an observer and like you're saying, the brain is, you know, coming from a place of either, you know, sadness, depression, fear, you know, or you maybe um, you drank something, so you've got emotions going on. So I'd have those notes too, like, oh, had too much champagne last night. Yeah. (laughs) So that I could see, okay, this is when, this is when that longing is happening or this is when, um, really wanting to not be in it is happening. So where am I mostly when I'm feeling neutral, 
or I'm feeling good or I'm feeling yes. inspired, right? Rather yeah. than looking at or listening to those times where our brain is a little bit off, right? And so I was so glad because to just be an observer of that um, and take those notes and have those notes at the end of the month, because there's no way I would have remembered that, right. right? That that longing was because I was getting ready for the brink and feeling vulnerable yeah. or, or because I had had, you know, too much champagne on a virtual happy hour. <laughs> there's no way right. I would remember that. <laughs> yeah. Right. So I had those notes below, just like we would, you know, as researchers, when you're, you know, you're collecting data or when you're in a treatment setting, it's like you would want to note, you know, a little bit about like what the patient is saying to you or something like that, you know, what the particular mood is or whatever. So yeah, just having those little notes. Thanks for that reminder, Sunny. I forgot that I added that on. Oh yeah. I know. I think it's, I mean, it's a critical component. I, I can yeah. imagine that must've been surprising to look back at every Wednesday and notice that's when you had a full heart, for example, and go, yes. oh, I wonder what the correlation is there. A vulnerable Yes. wanting safety of a comfortable relationship. Yeah. So, and then that gave me information for, well, I need to do something to adjust my Wednesdays. Right. Every Wednesday I'm like, Oh God, someone love me. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, you, this is not about the relationship. This is about like, you need to do some adjustment on this piece. So then it gave me some insight into the rest of my life too, even beyond the relationship. So, um, so yeah, it was a really cool experiment and I'll, I'll definitely write something on it. I know Sunny's been so encouraging of me to get something, um, out there and published on some of this that I've done. So I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm do not it. kidding. If you don't do it, I'm going to, cause I think it is yeah. the best, <laughs> like one of the best tools I've ever heard. Like that was when I was making the decision about whether or not to leave my marriage, there were, I mean, there were books out there that were, you know, too, too, uh, what is it? Too good to leave, too hard to stay or, oh God, mm. what was it? Like one of the quintessential books around that. None of those books had anything like that in there. And mm. I don't remember it if they did, but I thought this is such a good tool. Anywho. Yeah. 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 Thank so, you. I love it. So I want to, I want to know about your, like you've referenced the bare minimum days. And yeah. so I know that you and I both have been very impacted. I think in this last week by the full moon, yeah. what's happening. So tell us about your bare minimum days. Cause I'm curious what you've been doing to take care of you. Yeah. So I think I, I have always enjoyed listening at one of, there are so many reasons why I love Martha Beck, but one of the main ones is because there are, and also Glenn Doyle follows in this category, falls in this category too, because they are, um, in many ways, they are self-help teachers, uh, motivational speakers, and they are not shy about the fact that they have struggled mightily with anxiety, depression, and a host of other issues. And yet still, they have, they are thriving and they have found through trial and error in their own life, all of the tools and modalities and just ways of being that have helped them find the, the not just surviving this life, but actually doing really well and thriving. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I feel you and I are both, I think, pretty sensitive people. And I, while my name might suggest that I am sunny, joyful all the time, I <laughs> am very human and <clears throat> I have, I think over the past several years, since I've become more conscious of lifestyle and and how I'm feeling and wanting to treat my body well as the temple that it is, not because 
you know, those are the rules and you're supposed to, but just because it feels good when I treat my body as sacred and divine in the way that it is. So mm-hmm. all that to say, I noticed I do have probably every couple months, I will have a series of about three to four days. Four is four days is usually about the max that it lasts. And I call them bare minimum days. Um, I think there are various people who call them different things, but for me, bare minimum, because those are the days when really I can only do the bare minimum because my energy is low, my inspiration is low, and I'm just feeling like, meh, like, ugh, I'm just not myself. And I used to get all worked up about it. Oh my gosh, this is going to last forever. And what if this is the new normal? And <laughs> what if I never get my inspiration back? Where is that flow? And now I just know this is part of, at least for me, being human. And it could very well be. I know there was a full moon in Pisces on Tuesday. That is Pisces being a water sign. It can bring up a lot of emotion. Um, It could be lifestyle choices, you know, like it was Chase's birthday last weekend. And I had too much wine and too much pizza, which means dairy, gluten, alcohol. And my system goes, (laughs) no, thanks. Mm -hmm. Um, Or it could just be, I mean, it could just be anything. There's so many transitions happening energetically on this planet right now. And our bodies are just trying to catch up with their limited circuitry is my kind of opinion or take on it all. And so there may be times when we are just tired because we're tired, because it's hard to be human right now. I mean, it's we sign up to be here for the awakening of consciousness. This is not going to be easy, folks, all the time. Mm-hmm. So now that I recognize this is just maybe how I'm wired at this period in my life. And that is okay. So what do you do? Instead of being worried about why it's happening and wringing my hands, I say, okay, so what do we do with it? So I have three. Yeah, what do you do, Benny? You just need a little Benny pick-me-up. That's all. That's pretty much what you got to do. Just need it right (laughs) there. So Benny, that would fall (laughs) under my top three tips. That would fall under being open to the magic because Benny brings magic and just his very being. One of those people Mm -hmm. you just get around him and you can't help but have your spirits lifted. It's true. It's true. Yeah. So Benny, you definitely fall under those three. So the three things, the three tips that I have that I'm writing about right now and I'll share here today are number one, um, to accept that this is where you are. And I know acceptance is such a broad term. And I used to just go, what, what the hell does that even mean? Accept it. But it, for me, this is what I figured out it means for me. So if this works for you, awesome. It literally means saying to myself, well, this is where we are. And it's usually like, ah, okay. Because when you get to that point, you can shift to peace. This is something I learned from Anita Morjani. When you shift into acceptance, you shift into peace. And it's kind of like moving up the emotional scale like Abraham Hicks teaches. So when I get to peace, I am no longer like physically in my body. I'm not clenched. I'm not resisting. Because when I clench and resist, you're pinched off from the flow of everything, the bad and the good. So my spirit can't even get back in there to get me in the flow. So if I just go, huh, this is what is happening, my body unclenches, unpinches, and relaxes. And then I just am in meh. And that's fine. Because when I am in that state of acceptance, which then goes to peace, from peace, you can get anywhere. And it's kind of like a cork that you've been trying to hold underwater. My natural set point, when I treat my body well, when I do all my, you know, mental hygiene, emotional hygiene, my spirits are naturally pretty high. So I just have to wait for it to come back. And it always, always has returned. So I'm going to trust that like the sun rises in the morning, 
that it will return. And if someday it doesn't, then we'll figure out what to go, what to do from there. But I'm not going to worry about that because today my evidence and my data set shows that my spirit, if I just allow the bare minimum to be what it is, it will come back and get me back Mm. to joy eventually. Okay. So that's number one, acceptance, whatever acceptance looks like for you. Again, for me, it just means going, well, this is where we are. Deep sigh, relax. Okay. So number two, do not listen to bare minimum thinking. Just like I said earlier, don't listen. That's the depression talking. That's the hangover talking. In the same way, that just may be the bare minimum talking. And bare minimum talk goes like, you'll never get your creativity back. You're going to feel this crappy forever. Don't listen to the bare minimum. Like It's just another voice in your being, and it is not you. And so when you don't listen to those thoughts, I do that by a number of different ways. Of course, Byron Katie, who I talk about all the time, you know, thought dissolve. Look at those thoughts and question the hell out of them and find a better feeling thought. So I'll go, huh, it's unlikely that I'll feel this crappy forever. That feels a lot better. Or I will say my inspiration will very likely return because it always has. And so I find a better feeling thought. Or another way to not listen to your bare minimum thinking is to envision in your hand like a little container and just put all the crappy bare minimum thinking in that container. And when you can look at it like that, it's not in me. It's not me. It's just this little jar of crappy thinking, which leaves me to go, oh, that's not near and big and daunting, near as big and daunting as I thought it was when it was just swirling in my head. So I try to get the thoughts outside of me and I return to the present. And Pam Grout talks about this, like trying to train your mind is like housebreaking a puppy. You have to redirect it and redirect it and redirect it over and over and over again so that the neural pathways that are firing are sending in a different direction than the crappy thoughts. And so I just try to get, I mean, it's kind of like mindfulness. You just get present. Instead of being in my head, I look outside. What color are the trees? Green, like with all five senses. What do I hear? Oh, the birds are chirping. What do I feel on my skin? Oh, there's a breeze coming in the window. When you are tapped in with all of your senses, you can't be deep in your mind perseverating about bare minimum thoughts. So there's that. And then the final piece is, opening to the magic. And I have to share a funny story with you that happened yesterday because, I mean, my magical stories are not quite as big and obvious as yours are these days, Alessandra. <laughs> but then again, I haven't, you know, I haven't really tried to step off a cliff in a while to see what that will catch me. But, yeah, come join me and see what happens. <laughs> right? Well, I mean, your data set shows, jump off the cliff, the most magical net appears. Yeah, that's but, true. Anyway, you know, when I'm when I'm in bare minimum stretches of three to four days or whatever it is, I know these are not the days to try to launch a new program, to write my most motivational article, to tangle with my emotionally draining relationships. I just know this is a time to be more gentle, which means while you're being gentle, what better way to be gentle than just leaving the biggest invitation for the universe to show you a little love and some magic. And even when I don't feel so connected and dialed in, the universe can remind me that the connection is there the moment that I open it back up again, that I am feeling better. But my guides, my support, the divine never left. And so I just ask, hey guys, I need a little more support right now than normal. Can you remind me just how loved I am? 
And yesterday I went on a walk. We've been very smoky here. So I did not get to go for my regular runs lately because it's not healthy to be out with all of the smoke from the fires. Yesterday was one of the first days where it looked like the green light was on when I could go, you know, based on air quality. So I went back up the hill and I am, I have never seen more feathers, which you, anybody who Mm. follows me on social media or listens to the show knows that feathers are one of the ways that I most enjoy receiving support from the universe. And I saw new and different feathers that I have not seen in the most beautiful, like downy, soft white one. Like, I don't even know what kind of bird it came from. It was like, looked like an angel feather. Anywho. So there was that, but here's the, the kicker. Um, this is all part of being open to the magic. And I had hit the top of the hill. This is where I usually stop and take in the view and catch my breath. Cause I run up this hill. And months ago, I was up at the top of the hill and there's this little bench at the top of the hill. And I found on the bench, this beautiful round flat rock that someone had painted a spiral on. And I love spirals. It's such a beautiful Mm -hmm. symbol of how we evolve um, as humans in a lifetime. It's not a, it's not a straight line. It is a spiral to me upward. And so I found this rock and I usually like to leave things like that for the next person to find because it brought me a lift in my spirit the day I found it. Gosh, this was even, I think, before the pandemic hit. Um, so I left it for someone else. And so fast forward now, six, eight months later, and I'm up at the top of the hill, but I'm not really by the bench. I'm, And there are up this hill, I've never seen so many gopher holes or little mole hills. Um, there are holes everywhere thousands upon thousands just everywhere you walk um, of these little critters that live below the ground and I was just standing out in the field taking in the view and I happened to look down at my feet and there was a little gopher hole that was kind of caving in and I thought oh poor guy I hope he can get out and then I noticed there was a rock on top of it and I thought well maybe I can help him out a little so I pick up the rock and think you know at least he can dig out of the dirt maybe it would be harder to get this rock out of the way I pick up the rock I turn it over it's the spiral rock like, oh, that was eight months later that I put this rock down on a bench and it had disappeared. I don't know where it went. How did it end up in this gopher hole in the middle wow. of the field that I just That's amazing. <laughs> I love that. I and love so, that. Yeah. I took a picture and was like, oh, thanks, guys. Um, and I know guys is not always the term that people like to use, but for whatever reason, that's how I've always communicated with my non-physical team. I do not think that they're male. I think that when we're not in human bodies, we are not gendered at all, but you know, there's divine feminine, divine masculine energy. It all comes together in a nice, beautiful soup and whatever. But I just say, Hey guys, thanks. So anywho, I thanked my guides and got back on the trail and came back down the hill and thought, you know, even when you're in a bare minimum stretch, you can at least notice the magic. Maybe it's not as in your face because you're kind of your eyes are down and you're a little more, ah, meh, but it's there. And so of all the gentleness that you can give yourself, invite in the magic more strongly perhaps than even on your best day. So those are, and now we're only like two minutes away from the end of the show. That's my bare minimum story. I hope that normalizes it for other people out there. Cause even when you are on the spiritual path, we are in human bodies and I don't think it's healthy or normal to expect that we would be firing on all cylinders at our most inspired. Like, I mean, that would be like expecting the ground to produce crops year round without a fallow period to regenerate. Uh-huh. And so, yeah, you know, so if that helps you, um, acceptance and peace, not listening to the bare minimum thinking and opening to the magic as much as you can. 
Mm-hmm. I love that. And it gives so much purpose to those, to those times when we're not just feeling totally, totally joyful. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's such a good point. Like we would never expect that the ground should just produce and produce and produce and produce and always be, you know, always be flowering. Right. It's like, we, we respect that the earth has to go through different seasons and changes. And so do we as humans. So I love that. Yeah. And so I guess we'll just leave it there. And so I can't wait till next month to see where you're joining us from. (laughs) 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 Following the magic, uh, just as I'm at least opening to the magic as much as possible. So thank you everyone for listening today. Um, I am one of your hosts of First Friday on Sunny in Seattle, Sunny Joy. My website is goldenoversoul.com. And I was joined today by Dr. Alessandra Duke. You want to say your website one more time? Oh, yeah. AlessandraDuke.com. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Uh, Much love to you. you. And we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.